Amen. I'm so glad that you have tuned in this evening. I have been thrilled about our Wednesday series. I believe God has ministered to us. I hope that your hearts have been challenged during this time, that the Spirit of God has just been helping us and growing us and molding us in His image, especially during this wonderful series. With the global presence of the internet. Christians have never had more opportunities to engage our world with the gospel. But it is with anything in life, we get this, that these opportunities also present great challenges. Our series entitled Christians at Our Best. And so if we're really going to live up to that, if we're really going to be Christians living our best, we must think critically about what it looks like in our daily lives. How do our online habits, our attitudes, our relationships reflect our profession of faith in Jesus Christ? Discipleship, well, it's just as important online as it is in person. I want to say that again. Discipleship is just as important online as it is in person. God calls us to bring our whole being, everything about us, right, into alignment with his gospel mission. We are called to be mission-centered, mission-centric in everything that we do. With the rise of social media and other online platforms, we're experiencing a technology discipleship Gap. There literally is a gap in how we live our life according to the Word of God. We don't know what it looks like to live a godly digital life anymore. We don't know how to reach people through online platforms. We can't tell if our actions, for whatever reason, are in fact limiting our witness. It's not just Christians who struggle with technology, obviously. There's a growing body of research that reveals how people don't see others as real people when they interact with them online. That's why some folks will post things that they would never, ever, ever say face to face or sitting across the table from someone. Because, you know, when you're online, it just doesn't feel totally Real. It's kind of like Monopoly money. Anyone ever play Monopoly? If you have, go ahead and type that in the notes below. Yes, that's me. I know exactly what Monopoly is all about. It's a lot easier to be a risk taker when you're playing Monopoly than it is to when we're actually going to spend money in real life. Why? Because Monopoly money isn't real. It's not real money. It's not real property. If I go to jail, I can get out of jail free card it all day long, right? Unfortunately, that's how we see people online as well. As pictures of people, not real people with real emotions, hopes, and even hurts. And if we lose sight of the shared humanity in others, then it becomes a whole lot easier to act in ways that are not humane and certainly aren't godly. 
But Christians, here's the thing. We as Christians, we are called to a higher standard. Amen. We are called to live to a higher standard, a standard of Jesus Christ. Why? Because we represent the Lord in everything that we say and do. And yes, everything that we post. So we've got to resist the temptation to be harsher or more dismissive of people online. Yes, in fact, you look around the world today, the world is angry. The world is hurting and they are afraid and oftentimes will post out of that emotional state. But if we're doing the same things, what are we offering them? As Christians, if our digital presence isn't fully surrendered to God, how does that honor him? How does that honor the Lord? Why is it important to us? Why is this even a big deal? Well, leading someone to Jesus or proving my point. What's the bigger thing I'm trying to do? Win the argument or win someone to Jesus? We must filter every online action with this question. How should our role as kingdom ambassadors influence our online behavior? If we're going to be kingdom ambassadors right here on this earth, how should that influence our online behavior? Colossians 3 calls us to a specific way of living as people in Christ, whether online or face to face in real time. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2. Colossians 3 verse 2 reads, Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Verse 8, But now you must also rid yourselves of all things as these anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator therefore as god's chosen people holy dearly love clothe yourselves with compassion with kindness humility gentleness patience bear with each other and forgive one another if anyone has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Amen. I'd like to speak on this thought tonight. Christians at our best, how do we engage the world? How do we engage the world? like to share some challenges, first of all, associated with our online presence and then find ways to reframe it so that we can be a faithful witness to the Lord, to God online. And hopefully this can help us think before we post. Before it used to be think before you speak. Now I'm calling us to think before we post. One of the hardest parts of digital discipleship is recognizing the way our technological habits may hurt our faith. In fact, our habits may hurt our witness. Too often, we excuse or downplay their impact. 
on others. There are a lot of destructive online habits that can really trip us up, can really trip us up even as Christians today. So let's talk about some of those pitfalls. There's something called hollow, hollow advocacy, hollow advocacy. This is when people think that if they simply support something online, that it's just as good as getting personally involved. All right. Many Christians will tweet or post their thoughts, prayers without really sincerely getting involved. And while we can't get involved, obviously, in every worthy cause, we understand that we can't live a life that never sacrifices anything for the cause. Be kind of like the Good Samaritan, right? Walking by and simply saying, wow, can't believe that happened to you. I'll pray for you and I'll tell others about your plight. But then, you know, living the leaving that beaten man just there in the ditch, just forgetting it, move, moving on. OK, so there's the hollow advocacy. Then there's something called insta rage, insta rage. It's when we take no time to think before we post, you know, you know, when we're angry, we're supposed to, you know, take a minute, you know, count to five or something, walk away or take some, you know, inhale, exhale, get some air in your lungs and come back to whatever that conversation is. Well, oftentimes we will insta rage and not even think and just go ahead and start being that digital ninja on the keyboard and assassinate someone with our words. Some Christians lack discernment, self-control or grace when posting online. They see everything as the worst, whether it's commenting on society, the church, politics, always ready with an insult and rush to judgment. Another pitfall is being attention seeking. It's when we when you give little thought is given, whether something is being said is true, constructive or good. The point is to generate as much attention as possible. So even some will even troll others just to, you know, then they'll get all worked up just for the fun of it, just to have some fun. The question attention seekers constantly ask themselves is this, will this get me more likes or repost or retweets? Please don't do that, okay? That's not a good thing. It's definitely not a good thing to be attention seeking. Another pitfall is to be politically obsessive. Here's the thing about political opinions. It's like noses. Everybody has one, right? I mean, you did notice we are in an election cycle right now. <laughs> Nasty, it's pointed. There's angry uh, election things going on being said during this cycle on both parties. Many Christians, both progressive and conservative Christians, we become so consumed and we will try to use politics as a litmus test of faith meaning that if you don't agree with me then you don't agree with god i think we need to be careful i, I really do i think we need to be careful when we say that god would not support this candidate or that candidate instead i think what's really important is that we focus on the bible biblical principles biblical principles and use those to determine how we should vote we can't vilify other people who don't see it the same way that we do. Another pitfall is that we can never be negative. This pitfall seems to be the flip 
of the politically obsessive. Some well-intended Christians mistakenly believe that, hey, nothing should be said or perceived as negative online. But as Christians, I believe we need to speak up for injustice. We need to speak up for oppression, for sin, things that break, literally break the hearts of God. Those are the things that we must speak up and out against. We can and should use our influence to shine lights on the injustices of human trafficking, abortion, systemic racism, child poverty, terrorism, political corruption, prescription drug addiction, and many, many other things. And here's the thing. Christians should be able to stand against all these injustices. We should be able to stand against all of them. Did you know that I can actually stand up for, uh, you know, up against abortion and racism? I can stand up and say, hey, both of these things are wrong. They're not mutually exclusive. Uh, Standing up for abortion, standing up uh, for racism, saying these are negative things in our world, in our society. We shouldn't only be concerned with issues about our political party, what they encourage us to speak out against. But what we need to do is be cautious, thoughtful. We need to be loving, courageous in speaking the truth. But we must speak up, right? We've got to speak up. We shouldn't denigrate people who don't have the same view as you or I today. I promise you this, we are absolutely called to live our lives in a way that will help others be saved. We are called to live life in a way that will bring others to Jesus Christ. We use all things, right? All things so that we can bring glory to the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all. Everybody say all. Type it in your notes. Hey, got to do it all for the glory of God. Don't give offense to Jews or Gentiles or the church of God. I too try to please everyone in everything I do. I just, I don't just do what is best for me. I do what is best for others so that many may be saved. Amen. That's why a series like this is so important during this critical juncture of history, this critical juncture of our society. We've got to look to our online behaviors, determine if we're alienating people from the gospel, from the gospel message of the word of God. To do this, we must think critically about characteristics of a faithful online presence. So I want to talk about that. What does it then mean then? How can we be faithful in our online presence in a way that brings glory to God? I think that's important, right? Hey, I think it's so important that everything we do in word or deed and thought bring glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. I believe God's going to use all of this. He's going to use all of us during this season. Amen. So how do we do that? Well, that's a great question. So here are then some qualities of being an online ambassador for Jesus. Amen. I want to be an online ambassador for Jesus Christ. Amen. So how do we do that? Well, be encouraging, be edifying. Rather than imparting a fake positivity, Christians 
must leave with these important practical truths that we can then incorporate in our lives. As people are listening to us and watching us and hearing us and reading us, right, online, it's kind of like this. We ought to be able to regularly share articles, videos that are of real value, good value to one's spiritual walk. If we're going to be an online ambassador for Jesus, we've got to be loving and kind. Amen. We've got to be loving and kind. These Christians are quick to offer words of support, verses of scripture, and yes, even prayer, okay? <laughs> to make sure that others noticed, are noticed, they're valued, they're, they're concurred, they're, they're drawn into the community, drawn into the church. Amen. You're encouraging one another. Even when others might respond with anger, they may respond with hostility. There are civic and and they demonstrate self-control. These Christians that are loving and kind will demonstrate self-restraint by walking in grace. God help me walk in grace today. Amen. If we're going to be ambassadors for Christ, we must be missional and engaging. These kinds of Christians are not afraid to engage the world with the gospel. There's no fear. They're courageous about sharing faith. They present their faith in a way that makes others want to know Jesus. If the way I live my life in front of people points to Jesus, wonderful. If the words that I say point to Jesus, fabulous. If what I post and what I share in my online presence and my online footprint in the world begins to glorify Jesus, wonderful, because I'm pointing others to the Lord. The answer to outrage can't be to run away, right? It can't be to run and hide. Rather, we've got to learn how to present the gospel, the good news, the truth of God's word in Love. Amen. We've got to present it in love without allowing disagreements to evolve into some sort of an online argument. Amen. If we're going to be this kind of ambassador, we've got to be charitable and forbearing. These kinds of Christians demonstrate grace and respect even for those whom they disagree with without becoming defensive they clearly kindly explain why they disagree with another person's worldview with their theology with their view of God amen to be an ambassador for Christ we must be challenged we must be challenging and humble Listening to Christians from different traditions, cultures, political affiliations is crucial so that we can get outside our online bubbles. Humble Christians, well, will listen with discerning minds and hearts. Does what they say, they're telling me, does it align with the word of God? Open to criticism from people who can point out blind spots. Exude humility, ready to admit when in fact maybe they were wrong in the process or wrong on some issue. So now that we know what we shouldn't do and what qualities we should possess, I'd like to close with some practical ways to live out digital discipleship, how we can live this out in a digital world. First of all, we got to know this. Remember this. Everyone is watching. All right. Everybody is watching. Half the people in our country will disagree with everything you post. Okay. Half the country will disagree with absolutely everything that you post. Half of your neighbors who aren't Christians. Okay. They're going to disagree with everything you post. So when you post in a way 
that disparages, okay, it actually burns bridges instead of building a bridge of hope in someone's life. You're burning down the bridge rather than building a bridge so that the gospel can be preached to that individual. Even when we delete it, that digital footprint will always remain. So ask yourself the question, is the supreme thing, what is that supreme thing I want to be known for? Choose investment rather than consumption. Choose investment rather than consumption. How can this help me invest in my own spiritual walk, in somebody else's walk with the Lord? How has this helped me cultivate relationships rather than tear them down? How has social media helped me feel connected rather than isolated. Many times, the more you scroll down that page, that feed, whatever it is, the less encouraging social media becomes. I mean, it can be messy. It can be crazy. It can be so sad. So I need to find ways, good uses for social media and not be sucked in to the bad. Why don't we make grace the default mode? Make grace the default mode. Read the best into someone else's comments, especially someone who may be different from you. See, how we respond says as much about me as it does about them. How we respond to something, it says so much more about me than it necessarily may say about someone else. So it's easy to read into someone's situation when, you know, maybe they're not even there. It's easy to reason. Well, it's better to, you know, sometimes that's why it's better not to have a true conversation over text and email. You need to kind of have that face-to-face interaction. Amen. I feel like really I could spend an entire lesson on that subject right there. Why don't we try to assume the best about people, especially those who don't share our views, giving them the benefit of the doubt. When someone doesn't share the same value as you, it's easy to make them the villain in your mind. But it's infinitely better. It's so much better if we assume that the most, you know, that that this person, they're coming really from a good place. They're really trying to do the right thing. And we give them grace, all right, when we think they're wrong. We give them a little bit of grace. We think they're wrong. We've got to see people and not avatars. What am I saying? Well, it goes back to that previous point. It's easier to give grace to a real person, not just a picture, not just this, you know, emoji, not just this figure of someone. Okay, so if we understand that people we engage with on social media, they actually have human feelings. They have beliefs. They have needs. They have wants, desires. Okay, they're actual. They're real people. There's someone on the other side of that keyboard. There's a real person on the other side of that tablet then we will be less likely to treat them in disrespectful ways. We've got to resist the urge to fight every single battle. All right, this is going to be tough for some of us, sometimes even me. Look, I don't have to attend every fight I'm invited to. My wife has this saying, is this a hill worth dying for? Is this, if it's not, then let's move on. Let's, let's go on from there. Okay, move on. Those hills will look different for each and every one of us. 
that are listening to this message today. But just that, if we fight every single battle, we're not going to have any energy, any capital left to fight the ones that really matter. Finally, we must value truth. Amen. We've got to value truth. Amen. Don't promote rumors, half-truths, unconfirmed information. Sometimes it's difficult to know what really is true in the digital world out there. I know, I get it, but we need to be sure that we're not exaggerating things or making, you know, running to something that's so sensational and just, you know, we've got to understand we're called to honor God. Is what I'm going to say or do, is it going to honor God? Will it bring glory to his name? Will it reflect God's character? Because really, let's face it, that ought to be our supreme goal, right? Bring glory to the Lord. Give glory to God in our word, our action, and thought. I read that scripture just a minute ago. We've got to bring glory to God. We've got to reflect Him in us to others. We've got to reflect Him in us to us. That reflection of the Spirit of God must flow through us. Amen. And so we're about to close in prayer. My prayer is this, that we really need to spend some time reflecting. God, how can I grow in this area? How can I allow myself to present things in online in a digital world in a way that will engage the world to make an eternal difference? How can I look in my, my heart, my spirit? Are there some things I can release to you right now? Can I lay those things at the altar? My, my perceptions, my pre, presuppositions, things that I need to, to work through so that I can really grow in this area of my life so that I can be a light in the darkness, a digital online darkness that's out there, that I can do so. I can let my light shine in a way that reflects you and brings glory to you every single day. Amen. Let's pray that God will help us even right now, that God can help us unleash the potential of technology to enhance our witness in the world today. Ask us to avoid the possibility of technology to discredit our witness today, to align our use of technology with our profession of faith in Jesus Christ. Let's pray right now. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this day. I thank you, God, for all that you have done. I thank you for what you're about to do in every life, every heart, every individual who's listening to this sermon today. I pray that you help us advance the gospel of Jesus Christ online like never before. Help us to be stewards, Lord. Let us be wise in our words. Discern, Lord, what you're trying to do in us and through us. Help us, God, be a light in the darkness today. Using these opportunities to extend your light with love. Lord, we repent right now of ways that have not pleased you. We desire, Lord, to make you Lord and Savior of our life. We want you to anoint us today. God, I want you to be Lord over my smartphone today of my digital footprint. God, my social media pages. God, I surrender everything that I say, everything that I think, everything, Lord, that I type today. I completely surrender it all to you. I lay it on the altar that you will use it for your kingdom and for your glory that your name will be exalted mightily. We thank you for it all. God, we love you. We give you praise right now for all that you will do as we are now going to continue to be a faithful witness in this digital world. We praise you for it. We thank you, God, for it. Guide us and direct us now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, we thank you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. May God bless you.